Which of the four Red Sox World Series teams from the 2000s was the best? They all certainly had their special moments, but one of them definitely stood out among the rest. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Red Sox, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Red Sox your first listen of every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, host of the Boston Balling Podcast and former ESPN social media associate. Happy Tuesday. Red Sox off day yesterday. Hope everybody enjoyed the off day. Let me know what you did during the off day, how you spent it. We're also used to watching Red Sox baseball at night, and that's, you know, my daily routine during the week, and I'm sure it's yours too. So I'm curious how you kept yourself occupied, you know, last night. Any good shows you're watching or anything like that? I'm always open to show recommendations, but new series starts tonight against the Marlins. Let's hope the Red Sox can win that series and bounce back after what was a frustrating series against the White Sox. I am here today to do a fun debate episode with you. To start with, I had posted a little bit of a poll on yesterday's episode asking people whether Jaron Duran or David Hamilton would win in a foot race. I asked you for your replies to that, I did get quite a few responses. I'm going to read some of them on the show and reveal my thoughts on this topic as well. I'm also going to dive into all four Red Sox World Series teams from the 2000s and discuss which one would come out on top of all four of those. It'll be a little bit of a bracket style, which I will explain when we get there. But first, this Duran versus Hamilton debate, obviously they're both very fast. They're both fun players to watch on the base paths. They both are, you know, fun to just see what they do from even an offensive standpoint. But once they do get on base, you know, the fact that they're almost guaranteed to steal second when they get on first is pretty cool. So I asked fans to answer that question. If the two of them were just on the baseball field, ignoring the bases and just running from one side of the field to the other, just a straight up sprint, who would win that race? And I got some mixed responses to this. Definitely fun to hear some of those responses, but I'm going to start off with Here on YouTube, shout out to Jonathan T, one of the uh, regular listeners here on the show. Appreciate the tune in. Jonathan says, I definitely think Jaron Duran would win the foot race. So that's one for Duran right there. So we have a vote for him. Then we move ourselves over here to Twitter at Trey Tenney. It would be so intriguing to see. I'd have to go with Duran. So Duran killing it already up uh, up 2-0 in this competition here. And then we have Pesky Podcast. Shout out to my friends over there. That's like trying to figure out who is faster, The Flash or Superman. Interesting comparison, Pesky Podcast. I mean, both are fast, like I said. So that's a bit of an interesting uh, one. Who do you think is faster, The Flash or Superman? Probably The Flash, right? Because 
the Flash is literally named the Flash, which implies fast. So then we have more replies here. We have at mwigs57. Shout out to you for tuning into the show. I think Hamilton depends on the distance. Yeah, they they definitely could differ depending on the difference in who's who's uh you know the faster and what type of race. Then we have at MGB13 Butch, everything socks. David Hamilton, he's so fast he can flick a light switch and is in bed before the light goes off. I definitely don't disagree, and I wish I had that superpower myself because it's so annoying having to switch my light off in my room and then not be able to see and have to navigate my way to my bed. It's the worst thing in the world. Denden, shout out to Denden. I've had great interactions with this person a lot on Twitter. Really enjoy interacting with you. I'm going with Duran and still confused why bow-legged dudes have all the speed. <laughs> it is interesting, right? Definitely is interesting. Um, but there's another vote for Duran there. So pretty tight race right now that we have going on here. So then we go to Stephen Appleby. Shout out to Stephen who said, David. David Phillips says, David Hamilton is a Mookie Betts lookalike, hopefully with the same results. They're both speedy, which is all I care about. Yes, that's very true. They are both speedy. He does kind of remind me a little bit of Mookie Betts. Maybe he'll end up on Mookie's trajectory in terms of his stats, too. That would be pretty cool to uh, have somebody, obviously, at a different position. But from a batting standpoint, that'd be kind of cool if he if he could be like that. Then we have Bruce Adams, who says, flat out, I don't know, but Hamilton is faster on the bases. He is really fast on the bases. And I do agree with this about him being fast as well. I think he's really good on the bases. We've seen it a couple times already this season. He's good at navigating it. And then I have one more shout out to my amazing boyfriend who also answered this question. Huge Red Sox fan as well and answered the question as well about this. He said, by the way, I got Hamilton over Duran in a foot race all day. So it looks like it's a pretty even split that we have here based on those responses to this question. I personally am leaning towards David Hamilton, and here's why. They're both fast, as we said, but I feel like Hamilton is more graceful on the base paths and puts a little less pressure on his feet when he's running. Duran kind of digs deeper into uh, the baseball diamond when he's trying to steal a base. And I feel like that heaviness of him, you know, digging deeper into the ground might slow him down a little bit in a race against Hamilton. Um, But they're both super fast. I'd like to see the Red Sox test this out at Fenway before a game and see you know, who's correct here, because I think it'd be really entertaining. And I do think it would be super close. The Red Sox are really lucky to have both of them on the team who are both speedy and can steal bases on a regular basis for us and be consistent because that's what we're looking for here is consistency. And Hamilton, I feel like it's almost like a glide. He can, he can dive smoothly into the base when he's running into them. So that's interesting, but I still feel like, you know, just running across the field straight up, I'm taking Hamilton just because he seems a little bit smoother and quicker with his feet, but we'll be, we will see. I'd like to see that theory be tested. Maybe the Red Sox hear me right now and we'll make it, you know, a little bit of a fun competition pregame. We don't want to risk people getting hurt though. So they might not 
not like that idea, but it would be pretty cool if we could if we could test it out because it would be fun to you know really confirm the answer to this question and and see who's right there. But coming up, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a bracket challenge comparing the 2004 Red Sox to the 2007 Red Sox, then the 2013 Red Sox to the 2018 Red Sox, narrow those down to a finale of two teams and ultimately come to the winner of who I believe would, you know, be the best Red Sox World Series team that can be above the rest and come out on top, although they were all special, like I said. So that's all coming up on the show. (laughs) But first, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I mean, eBay Motors is a lifesaver for a lot of us, myself included. I mean, for somebody like me, you know, cars are not my forte, which is why I'm hosting a Red Sox podcast and not working at a mechanic shop right now or something along those lines. So if you are like me and have no idea what parts to get for your car, when something goes wrong, definitely check out eBay Motors because they will be super helpful and they'll help you navigate the situation because it can be a little bit scary if a random light comes on in your car and you don't know what it means. Me, when I text my dad literally all the time asking what this means. So definitely go to eBay Motors and they will hook you up with that and everything that you need. I really recommend it. So check it out. Go to ebaymotors.com, see what they have to offer. And I hope that they can help you be successful and feel more comfortable with your vehicle like I have found with me. So the Red Sox obviously have been very blessed with four championship teams in the 2000s. All four of them were special in their own ways. They all have different things about them that make them unique. Here comes the bracket challenge part of my show where I will be comparing each of those teams head to head, narrowing it down to two teams and then coming up with the ultimate Red Sox World Series team based on that. So obviously we have to start with 2004. I mean, the team of destiny, just a bunch of idiots coming together and winning a World Series The 2004 Red Sox were obviously super special because of the classic players they had on the team. I mean, you know, Pedro, Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Veritek, um, you know, Nomar, Orlando Cabrera, Johnny Damon, Kevin Millar. The list goes on. There's just a lot of classic players on that team. I think everybody on that roster is memorable to Red Sox fans and, you know, feels connected to that team in some way just because of the legendary players that were on that team. I mean, you know, Kurt Schilling, Tim Wakefield, it's, it's the list really goes on. You had a team that was just meant to win. 
And it's hard to really argue against that. They had all the tools in place. They had their struggles. They obviously became the first and only MLB team ever to come back from down 0-3 in a playoff series and go on to win the World Series. And especially with it being against the Yankees, which was just nice, pure revenge from 2003, was fantastic and a great feeling for me as a fan. That team was an offensive juggernaut. I mean, it was really hard to pitch to that lineup. And so they were able to consistently put up a lot of runs. And obviously, you know, you had David Ortiz in the mix who could come to the plate at any time and you could feel excited that he might go for that long ball and hit it out of the park, which multiple times in that playoff run we did see. I mean, everything just clicked for that team at the exact right time from a pitching standpoint, a defensive standpoint, an offensive standpoint. And they're attitudes. That team was hungry. They wanted to break a curse and to be able to go 86 years without winning a world series. And then this team breaks that curse is a special feeling in itself. And it's incomparable really. And nothing really compares to that team. And then, you know, they got hot at the exact right time. Things clicked. They came back from down 0-3 against the Yankees and then just dominated in the world series So everything was going right for them at the exact right time. So that was a really special team to me. And their offense was really what did it for me and what convinced me that that was a special team that really could go all the way. And then once they came back from down 0-3 against the Yankees, I was like, there's no way this team is losing now. People fell in love with that team. They fell in love with the players on that team. There's a lot of players on that team that you're just always going to associate with the Red Sox and you're just never going to forget them. And they mean a lot to the fan base, to the sport. So that 2014 is definitely high on the list in terms of, you know, special Red Sox teams and just historic teams and what they did to win. There was so much pressure on them and they went out there and they did it. And, you know, I can't imagine how demoralizing it must've been for them as players because For the fan base, it was demoralizing to us watching it. But for them as players having to go through going down 0-3 and climbing back in game to game and every day having to focus on what they have to do to get back in the series, that could be exhausting for a team day in and day out. So that resiliency that they had to continue to come out there and with their backs against the wall for four consecutive games, come out there and do it and get it done. So that attitude of the 2004 team is hard to beat. But a a team that to me gets overshadowed is the 2007 Red Sox. And I think it's because they were kind of sandwiched between two teams that really had a historic run that is hard to forget. But the 2007 team was stacked. I mean, Josh Beckett, you know, at the front of that rotation was having, you know, a really, really good Cy Young caliber season At the top of that rotation, you had Manny Del Carmen in there. You had John Lester, who comes back from having cancer and just shoves in the World Series clincher. I mean, a lot of respect for him because John Lester was, you know, obviously his story was was hard to, you know, hear about and everything. And him coming back and doing what he did was just such a cool story. And then you had Dice K in the mix, who was one of my favorite players. Papelbon, who is arguably one of the best closers in baseball, that was in there. Um, and so what was cool to me about the 2017 was you had a mix of players who had won 
with the Red Sox in 2004, and also the emergence of some of their homegrown talent. So, you know, the likes of Lester Papelbon, um, Dustin Pedroia, Jacoby Ellsbury, who was really good at that time. So you had those guys who ended up ultimately becoming really good for the Red Sox. So you had those guys in the mix who were brought up through the Red Sox system and really, um, you know, we got to watch grow throughout their time in Boston. So you had them in the mix with players who had experience winning a world series with this team. I mean, you know, Manny, um, you know, Ortiz, and then you add Kevin Euclid to the mix and, um, you know, there was just so many players on that team too, to remember. I mean, Coco Crisp was on that team. So the 2007 team to me was a really complete team. They had, um, you know, some struggles on the offensive end, but their pitching was really, really good. Um, and that ultimately is what got them really far. And I'm looking at it at face value. And obviously you have classic players on both of these teams. And I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, players like Jason Veritek, who consistently was a good leader for the Red Sox and was just always positive and just really was a good clubhouse type of guy to have. But, you know, I'm looking at it as if I'm putting the 2004 and 2007 Red Sox teams together personally, and I know there will be, you know, some disagreements on this. I'd have to say that the 2007 team would be the 2004 team head to head because I think with the 2004 team, everything had to come together at the right time for them to win the world series. And they were a really special team and nobody was beating them that year when they got to the playoffs, it was obvious. And they were just a really, really strong offensive team and they were scary, but the 2007 team really did have the pitching to back them up. And ultimately, if you stuck the two teams head to head, the 2007 team had higher expectations and was more expected to win. So I think that's what made the 2004 team more special is because they weren't as expected to win, but winning a world series is hard regardless, you know? And so even though the 2007 team was more expected to win, that doesn't mean they're going to win. So, and I think they had a more complete team and those guys that won in 2004, since they were more experienced by 2007, I'm looking at that 2007 team as a good mix of players, some more experienced than others and the all around pitching staff. And I'm saying that ultimately from a longevity standpoint over a seven game series, I'm putting the 2007 team over the 2004 team because with the 2004 team, everything had to go right exactly when it did. Whereas with the 2007 team, they just seemed more like they could maintain what they had going on for a longer period of time. So I'm putting 2007 over 2004 in the bracket. So coming up, I'm going to put the 2013 Red Sox and the 2018 Red Sox head to head and ultimately then make a decision in the final on what Red Sox World Series team really is the best. Just a reminder to follow Locked on Red Sox wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or YouTube. You can check out the show Monday through Friday, all Red Sox talk, different things um, coming into the show. You can expect some guests to be brought in to give some more insight 
um, as to what's going on with the team. You can expect some hot takes, some more fun debates and everything else in between. You can also follow me on social media at Gabby Hurlbut 10 on Twitter at Gabby underscore Hurlbut 10 on Instagram. And I am always available to answer questions or share thoughts on the team and what's going on. I'm always open to hearing thoughts on show ideas. If there's ever anything you want to hear on the show or you want me to talk about, definitely reach out to me on social media and let me know. And I'm happy to incorporate it on the show. You can also follow Locked on Red Sox on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox for in-game analysis, pre and post-game stuff, and just fun fan engagement type of tweets that go out. We love to talk Red Sox. That's why I'm here. I love to hear from you. So definitely reach out on social media and follow the social media accounts because I I really do read the social media replies and I like to interact with you. So reach out to me, follow me, um, check out the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And I look forward to more interaction. So now we get to the 2010s where the Red Sox also won two World Series in that time. Geez, this fan base is so lucky as of late. This is just so fun to be able to talk about all this and have these op- opportunities and, and share things about all these championship teams. But so the 2013 team obviously was really unique and really different because as even though they won their division that year, they weren't really expected to do much and in the playoffs be a team that, you know, really was a threat. And it's, it, it baseball is a weird sport. You never know who's going to come out on top. And obviously 2013 was a really emotional year for Boston, um, you know, with everything that happened with the marathon. And so that team really was centered around David Ortiz and he was just the face of Boston in 2013. And he was the guy who really was going to lead this team and his teammates looked at, at him as the leader. The fans looked at him as the leader of the team. And I believe the coaching staff looked at him as the leader of the team. And he gave that speech after the Boston Marathon bombing. And it was all over after that. It was it was, um, it was was truly an experience. And, and that team just had something in them that said, this is our year and this is our city, as he said. And we are going to go out and do this and – what a way for them to just bring Boston together during such an emotional time period for all of us and be able to go ahead and win it. And obviously, you know, you had some classic players on that team too. I mean, obviously, you know, Big Poppy, they were rallying around him. John Lester was still on the team. Um, you had Andrew Miller on the team. You had, um, you know, from just a catching standpoint, you had Salto Lamakia on that team. You had just um, a bunch of people who really were hungry to win. Obviously, Pedroia, who was just in a really, really good stage of his career at that point. You had Will Middlebrooks on the team. Um, so Johnny Gomes, Shane Victorino. So you, there's a lot of players on that team that you could look at as talented players. But as a whole, they didn't really have the depth that I felt like you need to win a world series, but they pulled it off. And I do think, you know, that goes back to the whole destiny thing. I think they're a team of destiny as well. And the 2013 team to me really represents the type of team that 
it just it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. You don't have to be the best team on paper or the best team in the regular season to win the World Series. And that Red Sox team really proved that. And they just had a group of guys who wanted to win and they made it work. And ultimately, things came together at the exact right time. And they were hungry all year. And just that energy that was fueled by David Ortiz and just what Boston means to him really, really helped push that team. And it was so, so incredibly special. Um, but it was, yeah, things had to go right for them. And there there was just definitely, um, you know, a little bit of an unexpected but really pleasant surprise when it came to that team. So then you look at the 2018 Red Sox and – this one here, I mean, what a fun season that was. I mean, 108 regular season wins. Are we serious? That team won basically every night. I mean, they could go down in a game, and I wouldn't be worried at all until the last out was made because in the majority of situations, they would come back in that game and win. And that team just was hungry. They were resilient. They found ways to win. You had, you know, an outfield trio of Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., Andrew Benintendi. They, together, that trio was just super solid defensively. I mean, one of the best defensive combinations in the outfield that we'll probably see ever. And um, that catch Benintendi made in the ALCS against Houston. I mean, I'll never forget that. And Mookie obviously was MVP that year. And then you had JD Martinez, who also was making his argument for MVP that year. And then you have Brock Holt hitting for the cycle in the ALDS. And you have Steve Pierce coming out of nowhere and being the World Series MVP. You know, there were a lot of strong players on that team. I mean, even, you know, from a pitching standpoint, Chris Sale was at his best that season, really. They don't win the World Series without him. And then David Price was a huge part of that run as well. Um, even though, you know, after that, when he got traded, it was they were taking on a hefty contract for him when they had him, but he was huge to that run too. And he looked so, so good in that postseason. And I'm so blessed that we got that from him because, again, another player that I don't think they win the whole thing that year without him. And then obviously you had a Valdi who came in and pitched in that 18 inning game against the Dodgers. And that was a long, long game, but the Red Sox, you know, they had him come in and pitched almost a complete baseball game after we had already played nine innings of baseball. And then they had to go and play another nine more. So, I mean, he, he was good that year of all the, you know, he's been good since then, but that, whole team was just super special and super fun to watch. And they were a very complete team. They had the offense, they had the pitching, um, you know, they had the bullpen, although Kimbrell was very up and down and made me nervous in that entire postseason run. Um, but I knew once they beat Houston in the ALCS that this team was winning the world series. And, you know, they always say it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season, which is true. And I did mention this, but that team was just blatantly better than everybody else. And I think we all knew that it would be really, really difficult to beat that Red Sox team. So, you know, when I'm taking that 2018 team and comparing them to 2013, I think 2018 blows them out of the water in a seven game series. I don't think it's that close because that 2018 team just had every piece 
that they needed to win a World Series. And that team all season was so, so fun to watch. And, you know, I always said after that season, you know, we got so spoiled with this 2018 team because we're not going to get a Red Sox team like this again, probably. Um, but every night watching Red Sox baseball was an absolute blast that season. And, and you know, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And just winning the World Series was obviously the icing on the cake there. But I'm taking them over the 2013 Red Sox. So then we have, you know, the championship round of the bracket, which you have this 27 complete or 2007 complete Red Sox team versus a 2018 team. Just ridiculous. Um, both teams super stacked, super talented. You know, I discussed some key players on both, but really the whole roster on both teams should be acknowledged because they both had really strong players. And, you know, we could be here all day listing every single player on both teams, but, you know, you get the drift. They both had really, really special players, but ultimately at the end of the day, comparing the two teams, I just don't see anybody beating the 2018 Red Sox. The 2007 team, I I think would give them a run for their money. I think it'd be a closer series because the 2007 team had, had really strong pitching. Um, but ultimately 2018 had the better offense and they had good pitching. So I just think from an overall team standpoint, being complete, I think the 2018 Red Sox World Series team takes the cake for me in terms of best World Series team. And, you know, like I said, a lot of this is because they just had the makeup for it. They really did. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you have a different World Series Red Sox team from the 2000s that you believe would take that championship home if you had to put all four of those teams in a bracket together and um, pick one essentially to come out on top, which team would that be for you? Let me know in the comments. Let me know on Twitter and and we'll talk about it and and see because, you know, there's, there's a lot about all those teams, a lot of special players on all those teams that we're never going to forget. And, you know, that trio, that outfield trio of Benintendi, Betts, and JBJ, I miss them. I really, really miss those guys. And, you know, it is what it is. But, but now we trek forward and we see when the Red Sox win another championship and then throw them into the bracket. But thanks for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Red Sox. This is always a great time and, you know, reliving past moments of fun Red Sox teams and fun Red Sox players. It's always a great time with you. So thanks for tuning in again. I'll catch you all on tomorrow's show where we will be breaking down the start of the series against the Marlins. Hopefully, you know, the Red Sox can get off to a good start in, in that series and we will uh, we'll see what happens. So I will catch you all on the flip side. Take care.